a moment or two to the angry young man With his foot in his mouth and his heart in his hand He's been stabbing the back, he's been misunderstood It's a comfort to know his intentions are good And he sits in a room with a lock on the door With his maps and his medals laid out on the floor And he likes to be known as the angry young man Get up and, and get your hand over your heart. I hope everybody had a great Independence Day this weekend. Um, equipped completely with um, maintaining your social distancing and all that, um, which may may be an oxymoron. I don't know if you can have both, but I hope you did either way. Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna find a way to do so, and I hope you did too. Um, Paul, I how so this is something that that I can't stop thinking about. And uh, I'm curious, your how you, where you fall in line, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. How long is your hair right now? My, you know, I actually got a haircut. I think yesterday, so my hair is actually decently short right now. Now I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to force us to uh, to give a little behind backstage pass to everyone listening. Are you saying that you got a haircut yesterday, as in the day that we're recording this, and you're telling the truth, or are you anticipating that you're getting a haircut the day before this episode releases, and therefore you're saying, you're projecting into the future, claiming that your hair feels pretty good, even though you really have no idea right now in the moment recording this, how your hair feels? No, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I should have delayed, the if I really cared about this show and us making quality content, I would have delayed it till after the show so that I could truthfully say that about the Monday uh, that this is posting. Uh, but in truth, um, yesterday, which was like Tuesday or something, that's actually when I got my hair cut. Oh, okay. Uh, right. From us well, recording this, yeah. I, on, on the other hand, I haven't gotten a haircut since February. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> This is the longest. I try to get a haircut once a month, once m- once every six weeks at most. So this is by far the longest my hair's ever been by like three to four times, and um, it's uh, it's it's trouble. I I had to put a hat on, but I had to switch it so that the hat on was ba- the hat was on backwards because the f- the bill of the cap kept contacting the mic stand and just making really bad reverberations through my audio recordings. <laughs> so now I'm, I've got a backwards hat on and I've got like a little TJ Detweiler tuft of hair poking through the front and <laughs> underneath the bill, it's flaring up like and curling around the bill of the hat. I, I look like a monster. Oh. Um, but I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see where this takes us because we've talked about on the show before hair in a variety of ways first of all the left versus right part which you were influenced by reliant k in if i remember i'm impressed that you remember that yeah that's right um and we've also talked about i think hair products at a certain point we have at least one if not both of those came up on our first bonus episode of quarantine when uh we were at a bar uh talking about just random things i was actually just thinking about um that episode today because I would commit foul felonies to, to be able to safely go to a bar right now (laughs) to, to be able to just be sweaty and uncomfortably 
pressed up against a wet bar, just awkwardly mm. making eye contact with the bartender for 20 minutes because I don't want to be impolite or seen as rude if I try to get their attention vocally. And so I'm just <laughs> staring at them while strangers press up against me and spill drinks down the back of my shirt. I would kill for that right now. You're really selling me on that. But, uh, <laughs> even with your disgusting description, I'm sold and I miss it too. <clears throat> well, I, I, for, for one, I'm jealous of your haircut. I just wanted to check in and see if, you know, how yeah, we were getting. I, I had gotten a haircut in something like February and I was due to get one like right as we had to start staying home. So like it was already kind of long then. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, and then I, I did not get one until maybe, like, May, when it was, like, legal to do so. And, I mean, the person who cuts my hair, it she just has her own, like, like uh, room. So it's not, like, a big place with lots of people. So I was, like, I, I felt safe. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It, it, I, I had never looked – you're right. We've actually talked about haircuts quite a bit in terms of hair products here directions one of my first topics on the show i think was talking about how much i love haircuts it's, it's true. true big fan of haircuts uh but i i will i have never been more excited for a haircut than the first one i had out of quarantine so <laughs> i've reached I, <laughs> record i reached record lengths in april how how would you describe how long your hair is right now um if i take my bangs and stretch them out all the way it's to beyond the tip of my nose Oh my goodness! Um, I can f <laughs> I can take my hair and I can do like the high school basketball Paul Messman thing where I can <laughs> I can take like the mop of hair to the side and I usually I sweep it behind my ears, but if I stretch it out straight vertically, it can like cover my ears almost to the earlobe, like down to my ear holes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then the back is hard to tell because the back is actually not doesn't feel quite as long as that, uh, but, and it also curls up really bad. But a lot of times, like right now, I have hair poking out from under my hat, but it's curling up around the edges of the bill of the hat. And it'll curl up mm. around my ears and like poke me in my own ear hole from the back, which is very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, all in all, I, I had to buy some extra strength, like high strength hold hair products. <laughs> I up, upgraded from the pomade and um, it's come in handy. I, I try a different hairstyle literally every day of work. I wake up and I, nice. I try something new um, to see to arrive at something that I like, and I'll usually settle on something pretty good for about three days. And then after three days, it's grown enough to where I, that first strategy that looks good no longer works. <laughs> and right now I'm, I remain in a transitionary period where I'm still trying new things. It still looks uh, pretty wild. Uh, I tried like a – this is going to sound um, – this is going to sound extraordinarily cocky. I want to say that I know in a thousand, a thousand years I could never <laughs> scratch the surface of even believing I could pull this off. But I tried like kind of a Bradley Cooper strategy this morning, um, oh. with kind of slicking it back all the way, and I just looked like some quarter, some kind of. Um, some kind of pervert. So it, <laughs> the look didn't fit me especially well. Um, yeah, I. There have been there are men, especially in like almost exclusively celebrities who are like in movies and probably professional hairstylists accounting for every hair to make sure it actually looks good that I will see them with like the slicked back look and it looks incredible. But if I ever consider that, I just look <laughs> like a wannabe gangster 
like mobster or yeah like, yeah yeah just like so incredibly lame <laughs> yeah it's not it's a good look for off. me either yeah <laughs> um so i'm i'm you know we'll see what i ha- i do tomorrow I'm, I'm i'm trying different strategies with the amount of moisture i use the amount of product i use mm. um you know how much i dry it off before i leave for work how i part it all kinds of stuff uh and we really haven't had tremendous results recently but back to the drawing board we're going to keep trying uh, all in all you know i'll every now and then i'll come up with something and i'm like hey that looks pretty good and then in an hour and a half i will have changed my mind four or five times about how good it actually looks but i'm having fun <laughs> with it i'm kind of curious to see where this ends up uh, i'd like to be able to i'd like it for it to be long enough to where i've got like the like the boromir length or something from lord oh, of the rings nice. Yeah, uh, you know, so maybe I'll end up there someday, depending. But I feel like this is my one chance to, you know, I've got the kind of, you know, what am I going to do? Excuse uh, with the pandemic going on. So I'm going to rock it as long as I can, and then it will be the most glorious haircut that anyone's ever had when the time finally comes. Yeah, I mean, you know, between one, uh, you have you. We don't see people as much anymore, and number two. You're considered a hero for refusing to get a haircut. There has never been a better time <laughs> to test out lawn hairstyles. I'm just that selfless. <laughs> you know, it's not for me. Exactly. Okay, it's for it's for everyone else. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. I appreciate it. I'm that. really proud of you. You're truly a hero in these in these trying times, Zach. Thank you. Thank <clears> you. I try. You know you know, Zach, um, I was kind of thinking that we could uh, bring back the hinge binge this week. Do do you have any updates for us on that front? No, I'm still living in a, a dating appless world, a social media-less world. It's been fantastic. No exaggeration. Hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, it's been great. It's been delightful. Um, I've been intentionally trying to curtail my uh, pursuit of uh, attention. And uh, like I mentioned last episode, and it's going, it's going well. So um, <laughs> it, I, I'll say I'm not there yet, all right? But I'm fighting real hard. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't. That's a long-winded way to say that. Uh, no, my phone has been extremely dry, and uh, I have been, I have been flirting in text messages here and there, and it's gone nowhere. So, uh, long-winded way to say that. No, I have no successes to report. Nice. Well, uh, after you put that very uh, self-reflective and um, <clears throat> introspective answer out there, uh, I think I think it's great that while you are becoming a more wholesome person, I am just. Digging in the gutter for attention anywhere I can get it. I love it. Um, <clears throat> I am social. I, I am still on social media, not even posting, just, uh, just lurking, <laughs> consuming, lurking way too much. Um, and I, I guess uh, since you, <laughs> since you uh, are not on the apps, I guess I really just brought this up to make an announcement that I am back <laughs> active on the apps. Um, back announcement, in action, everyone. Baby. Uh, Paul is on the market and looking to talk to people. You heard um, it here first. This is like Variety <laughs> or uh, or uh, TMZ. Mm-hmm, like, look exactly. look out, ladies. Paul's on the prowl. That's the headline. Yeah, the, it's big the, yellow this. font. It's you with like it's you stepping out of the barbershop with a coffee, <laughs> and, and like a, a paparazzi photo. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, this this entire episode actually is going to be a profile of me and um <laughs> i'm gonna be posting a link to all my social uh medias and dating apps for everyone to come uh 
get a taste of this. I am feeling <laughs> weird about how I ended that. I don't feel comfortable with that. Uh, let's move on. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to actually update the audience on um, <clears throat> some things I brought up last episode. So I last last episode I made a pretty bold claim, um, maybe a bit presumptive that it might be my last uh, re- time recording in my parents' household. Uh, that was a lie. I am I'm here. Uh, however, I do have exciting news, which is um, it, it was a longer process than I expected, which only adds to my topic from last week about house hunting being infuriating. But um, I did apply to a house that I'm renting and. Um, my friend Ezra and I, who are going to be living together, did get accepted, so we're going to be signing paperwork like tomorrow. So it is happening. Congrats. Um, thank you. Very excited Making moves. <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But that being said, I'm I'm not yet there. And so um, this now, – now, this time I'm saying it with a bit more confidence. This should be the last time I record the podcast in my parents' house. I'm going to hold you to that. You don't want a lawsuit uh, on your hands. I sure hope you do. Um, and yeah, the other update, I mentioned that I liked video game stories and then I played a game called the last of us part two last week and it was as good as I hoped it could ever be. So anyone in the audience, uh, go check that out. That's Great. all I have to say. Great. I'm, wow. That's good. Good up. To, if I had talked about anything relevant or that I remembered what I talked about to the next episode, maybe <laughs> I could update. What did you talk about last time? Uh, do, do, uh, do, we, do either of us remember? <laughs> I, I certainly don't. I'm sure it was excellent. I'm sure it was very good. <laughs> oh, it was real. It was, I'm sure it was great. <laughs> um, well, that was episode 42, but this is episode 43. Cracking a cold one. And welcome. Uh, I'm Zach oh. Andrews. This is Paul Messman. Uh, if this is your first time listening to Not All Bad, uh, Paul and I are each going to rant on a topic that made us mad in the last two weeks. We're going to forget about it by the time we do it next week. Uh, we're going to pull a topic out of a hat and rant on that, submitted by uh, you, the listeners. And then we'll wrap the show up by uh, talking about something that made us happy. Uh, we're available on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, and um, something else, I think. I, I, I'm obviously out of practice, even after last time. I did it last time. I think I forgot one, and I'm forgetting one now. Um, <laughs> but you can find us on Twitter at Not All Bad Show, and you can email us at NotAllBadShow at gmail.com. Who went All first right. last time, and whose turn is it now? I think I went la- first last time. I'm going to join you in the... Crack in the cold one. Drink department? Yes. Um, man, am I... I in my effort to open that close to the microphone, I just splattered hard seltzer all over my microphone. That was a really good move. <laughs> what uh, what anyways, hard seltzer brand are you are you consuming today? Ah, uh, um, you know what? I'm glad you asked. I am actually consuming. Uh, if you're familiar with Deep Elm Brewing, mm-hmm. uh, they have a, a seltzer called Blind Lemon. It's uh, it's actually pretty good. I'm a big I'm, fan. I'm a fan. Uh, I think two or three weeks ago, I bought a 12 pack of that and then i drank all 12 uh, on a saturday <laughs> it was nice. it was a fun day yeah I, i'm a fan of them they, they 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 did a pretty good job with it i agree i like it a lot um guys folks it's july now which is first of all that's insane that's crazy uh but that means it's getting hot out there okay and about a month ago 
I finally, you know, you guys know how I feel about, about the springtime weather. And about a month ago, I finally conceded that it was the end of the windows down weather in the car. So I've started to use my uh, air conditioning since then, for the most part. And I drive a car that's over a decade old. This is the car that I got when I turned 16. It's, it's been the only car I've ever driven. Um, it's paid off. Not only is it paid off, but it's totaled. <laughs> not not for any fault of mine. It got totaled by hail damage. So it's still drivable, but uh, the oh, hail damage yeah, yeah, yeah. was uh, was more than the value of the car. I think I've talked about that before on the show. It's got this big-ass crack across the front windshield. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a big... Um, this is not really anything that I'd care to explain, but it's got a big bean stain on the back seat <laughs> and a Sprite stain on the floor. The back fender of the car is cracked. The battery cables are mm. duct taped in place to the battery because sometimes the battery can't connect to the alternator and I have to pop the hood and just wiggle the battery a little bit to get the car to start. Point is, she's a turd. She's a real piece of shit. The old girl's seen better days. But you know what, though? God bless that car's AC. Because my car's AC, uh, as you may be familiar in certain models, has two dials. It's got a dial you turn to tell the AC how hard to blow the air, and it's got a dial to turn to tell the AC how hot or cold that air should be. It's pretty simple. So let me break it down. I'll, I'll, I'll make it slower for everybody. You can have air go from no air to a lot of air with eight notches to fine-tune in between. But more importantly, with the flick of a wrist, you can specify if you want the air to be very hot or very not or somewhere in between. So it's easy. If I see red, I think, okay, that air going to be hot. But mm. if I see blue, I know that's some cold AC. It's simple. It's a simple binary system. It's easy to keep track of. Why do I need more than that? Because specifically what I'm frustrated about today is this new design. And again, this is the car I've had since I'm 16. So when I say new, I mean this has probably been out for the last 10 years. The new design of showing your literal air temperature on the AC dial. Not red and blue, oh. just a number, 70 degrees oh, Fahrenheit. I mean, <laughs> like, what does that mean? What, what is this, the weather channel? That is way <laughs> too much information. I don't need to know that shit, you nerd-ass car. <laughs> hey, guess what? I can feel the air on my functioning skin. I don't need a goddamn lab report, all right? I can, t I can feel, I got, I got a dermis for that. I can feel whether or not the air's hot or if it's cold or what, and then I can adjust it accordingly. I don't need to tell you, I don't need you to tell me rather the exact to two specific digits temperature of this AC. Unimportant to me. <laughs> this is almost like telling a ceiling fan to make your room 60 degrees. No, you just tell the ceiling fan on or no. By the way, there's something very uncomfortable to me about being cold and seeing your car say, hey, I heard you're cold, bud. Here's some 90-degree heat. Because that, that, that doesn't sit right with me, but that also, the, the opposite doesn't exist. When you're hot and you ask your car to bombard you with a 60-degree gale, it's not quite the same response. But when I take a look at that dial and it's cold outside and I want to be warm, there's something so foreboding about like an 87 on the dial. That a, that a 62 yeah. doesn't convey. So that's weird in itself. That's just kind of, I mean, obviously we're in summer right now, so I'm not especially concerned with the heat thing, but th that, that alone is kind of peculiar. Hmm. 
When I get into a car and it's hot outside and I crank that AC to its 55 degree minimum, I, I think that's kind of preposterous. I don't want the car to end up at 55 degrees. I just want some cold air on my body. You aren't ever in the car long enough for the AC to function like a thermostat. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. So, okay. Now, I understand that the temperature on the dial, it's not really designed to function like a thermostat. It's not like you're setting your car internal environment to be 55 degrees when it's hot outside. I, I recognize that. But it is similar to that. And and if it's not, if you're not doing that, then why do you need the number? Hmm. If, if, if that number instead represents the temperature of the outgoing air, which is almost certainly the case, you're turning it to blow 60 degree air onto you rather than you want your car to internally end up at 60 degrees... Why assign numbers to it? I don't need to know that I'm receiving a 58-degree blast of air to the face. I just need to know that I'm getting blue air. I'm getting cold air. The air is blue. Oh, it's, it feels cold. Yeah, that's blue. Good. I wanted blue air. That's all I needed. I didn't need 62-degree air. I just needed blue or red or something in between. Blue is good enough for me. I, it's, I think it's a step too far. Um, don't even get me started on the bullshit that is push-button starts. This is just the tip of the iceberg, but um, I I I think that this whole number thing is is a a, a a bridge way too far. Nobody needs that. It's 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 like ordering lobster at Golden Corral, trying to look fancy, and you get nothing for it. There's no point. You just look ridiculous. Mm. You know, so I, I have a lot of thoughts on this. And, and, you know, I think this is one of the great parts about this show is this is something that I hadn't put two and two together and realized that I have strong feelings about this, but I have very strong feelings about this. Okay. Um, because when you're in your home, there is an expectation that you're probably going to be there for hours. Um, and so it makes sense that you would specify, I'm going to automate a system that goes ahead and has a target temperature and it will work to reach that temperature at whatever pace is appropriate. And then it, once it reaches it, it'll turn off. If, if the, if it leaves the target temperature, it'll correct that, that kind of thing. Um, that makes sense when you're in an area for a while. Right. But like the thing about a car is usually you have been outside, which is, has been uncomfortable because it's either too hot or too cold and you just want to feel air that corrects that in the moment. So you're just wanting, it's hot outside, man. I want, like you said, some of that blue air or <laughs> it's cold. You just walked through the snow, which who am I kidding? We don't have snow here. You've walked through just the moderate cold and you're like, man, I could do some red air right now. And so you turn to red and then maybe you have it at a higher blast uh, at the beginning, but then the car temperature reaches something more comfortable and you just turn it, you turn it off because you aren't thinking in terms of temperature. You're just thinking in terms of, I want to feel this air and I want to correct what feels wrong. And then like, whatever, I'll just have it less blue and then like at a lower speed or something. Um, because the majority, I would say like 99% of your car drives are probably under an hour. And then, like, 
the, very rarely, I, I mean, some people take longer drives, some people drive for their job, maybe they like the number, but if you are in the car so long that you basically live in your car, then sure, <laughs> it, maybe it's nice to automate that system to like be like, I want it 71 degrees, not a degree higher, not a degree lower. Uh, may, maybe if you're in car, if you drive for your job, that might make sense. But most of us are driving for just like 20, 30, 40 minutes. And, and realistically, you want to get to a temperature that's comfortable at the beginning and then just coast on like a lower speed for the rest of the ride. I don't know. That's just ridiculous to me. It's um, not, it, it's not, it, it's not automated, is it? I wouldn't know because I have a reasonable system, but it, let's say that it's, um, it's 78 degrees outside. You're going on a two hour drive and you put the, you put the thermostat at 72. It's going to keep blowing cold air regardless of how cold the car gets, right? If it's not going to stop blowing air at that temperature once the car gets to 72 degrees, it's the air that that's coming out. That is set at seventy-two degrees. Is that true? That I was in the, I, Zach, the latter I have impression. No freaking idea. Well, I don't either. That's why. <laughs> that's why I tried to say that both ways are stupid earlier. So I, I think I covered my bases on that. But I, yeah, I was gonna say I actually I don't even care. It it would make more sense that it would be automated, and that would be the benefit is that once it reaches the temperature that you want it, it automatically lessens up on the intensity, so you don't have to pay attention to that. But like even that, it's like I. I actually, I, I feel like when I'm in the car, it's less of a, I want this temperature and I, more, I just want to feel cold air or I want yeah, to feel hot air. It, exactly. it, it overcomplicates it. And let me tell you something that I don't know why, but this infuriates me is that, so, so my, my first experience with this was my dad got a new car when I was pretty young, like maybe middle school or, I mean, I had maybe late elementary school, he got a new car and it, it was a Chevy Malibu and it, it was, it, it was one of the upgrade system like versions that had like the better speakers and the upgraded like interaction system. And it had special AC, which included different temperatures for the driver's side and the passenger side. And Zach, what the hell does that mean? What do you mean that one side of the car could be like, I feel like I want to be at 80. And then the passenger's like, I'm really feeling a 60. That's Does a that great mean point. that they somehow those are cubes of air that won't interact with one another? Like that's not, I mean, sure. You'll, they'll feel the difference on their skin in terms of like, may, maybe it's nice that the car can specify, Oh, only the driver wants cold air. The passenger doesn't want any air. Like it's nice that they can limit where the air is coming from, but like, yeah. It doesn't make sense to put temperatures because the whole ca the car is so confined. You're not going to achieve dramatically different temperatures between the driver's side and the passenger side. Right. That that's why that's that's the fundamental flaw with the thermostat. If if we're if we're working up with the thermostat principle, that's the, you can't have that. Right. You you can have driver's side wants dark blue, and passenger side's a little cold already. They just want light blue. <laughs> that, hey, that makes sense <laughs> to me. Right. I, that that yeah. checks out. But you can't you can't have you know two rooms of the same house set at a different temperature. <laughs> yeah, this is this exactly. ain't a Tempur-Pedic bed, all right. You gotta you gotta you gotta meet in the middle somewhere and decide on a, a general environment that you're acceptable. That's acceptable to both of you. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that 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 I, that that seems like it. 
that seems like overall something that's fixing a problem that was never there in the first place. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. Yeah. That's well, really that's that's all I had to say on that. Um, I <laughs> I accidentally took a, a significant portion of the show up by talking about my hair, which I thought was going to be no, about three fine. sentences. So um, <laughs> I have nothing else to contribute. I just think that's something that uh, makes me really upset, and I don't think that I think that almost nobody is actively like me, considering how ridiculous that is. And I just wanted to bring it to everybody's attention. Um. Mm. Paul, feel Thank free you for to. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. It's always a pleasure. Um, you're welcome to to give your spiel now. All right. Well, today I'm going to talk about sarcasm, uh, and specifically this idea that a lot of people are obsessed with the idea of sarcasm and thinks it's this hilarious genre of humor. Turns out, and- hey, it turns out I do have something for my hinge binge. <laughs> Do you? I'm just kidding. No, I know. I know you're gonna go there, so we'll go there. <laughs> that, yeah, that's one. As- There's two aspects of this. One of which is people who view it as a positive thing. Which I've got news to you. A lot of us actually like. Oh, you're sarcastic. So really, you're just trying to like get a pass for being a dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But then, like as a secondary thing, a lot of people who love the idea of sarcasm don't really know what it is. Uh, is the other thing. Um. And so I, I almost want to establish a couple things. I, for the hell of it, I looked up uh, the definition of sarcasm, which according to some dictionary who I did not reference, it was probably like Merriam-Webster or some <laughs> shit like that, uh, defines sarcasm as the use of irony to mock or convey contempt. Um, I think that's a pretty pretty good definition. Um but then a lot of people also like to bring up that um, that that like the Latin root basically means like to cut or tear away flesh or something like break someone down is like where it comes from. Um, but um, so, so I mean, I'm sure the audience really wants to hear me define sarcasm. <laughs> uh, so that was sarcasm. Beautiful. Right there. Beautiful uh, example. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, man. I, I consider myself an expert. Um, and, and I don't want the audience to be wrong here because I, I, clearly we actually do use sarcasm quite frequently. I think it's a tool among many within humor um, and just language in general to convey things. I think it, it can be very useful for highlighting inconsistencies with something or poor logic in something else. Or it can, it can I will admit, frequently be funny. But I just want to <laughs> say that a lot of people... <laughs> When they just keep describing themselves as sarcastic people, I kind of don't view that as a positive thing. For one, and you kind of hinted at this, on dating profiles, people will be like, yeah, I'm just really sarcastic. I, like, I need someone who is just as sarcastic as me or who can handle my sarcasm. Here's the and worst one. Fluent in that? sarcasm. Ugh, Shut the can't f*** we- up. <laughs> I can't believe you'd even say that out loud. <laughs> Ugh, it's disgusting. Um, It's just like... Sure, we can have some witty banter, but there's something about, like, maybe I just have a weird image in my head, but I'm just assume I, I am just, I get this feeling from people who say they're fluent in sarcasm that they just, like, they, they can't take anything seriously and they just a- always speak in irony and it just, it loses its luster. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That and, or they're just, like you said, they're just using it as an excuse to be a, a dick all the time. Yeah, in fact, 
Go ahead. <laughs> no, that I just, and I'm just gonna say, and they think it's funny mm-hmm. instead of mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so so an example I also want to mention is that so you and I both wrote for um, the Mugdown, which at our our college was a satirical publication. I'm sure most people in the audience know that, but there's a chance that some may not. And and you and I were sometimes responsible for going through applications of other people um, who, yeah. who wanted to join. And I will say that a huge red flag for someone applying was them saying, yeah, I'm just really sarcastic all the time. Or like, all my friends always tell me I'm so sarcastic. Or like, I just want to write a bunch of sarcastic things. And, and not that we're trying to like, like, <laughs> like toot our own horn too much here. But like a, a good humor publication isn't just sarcastic and isn't just trying to tear everything down. And the implication of sarcasm is, I just want to make fun of everything and like mock everything. And that, that that is an aspect of satire for sure. But that was always a red flag when someone like too much mentioned how much they loved sarcasm because that wasn't quite the same thing. More than a red flag, uh, that was almost an insurmountable negative. Yeah, like they better have a lot – like they better be so funny in the rest of our application that we are just like, okay, so we disagree on the definition of sarcasm. Like they have to, it's like that suddenly they had to convince us that they were funny. (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) it was a huge red flag. Um, and, and, and so this brings me to my other point, which is, I feel like on the internet, I all the time witness people. And this isn't just the internet. Actually, I, I see this in real life all the time too. Who just don't seem to understand what sarcasm is or what it means to be sarcastic. Uh, l- let me give you an example. Um, let's say someone was like, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go swim in my pool um, today," and let's say that person happens to be uh, self conscious about swimming, and so someone replies like, "Yeah, I bet that went really well since you're such a great swimmer." Um, and that person's like, Hey, I'm actually uh, self-conscious about being a swimmer. And that person's like, Oh no, no, no. Like I was just being sarcastic. No, see you, what you said still means that you think that they're a horrible swimmer. Like just because (laughs) you're being sarcastic doesn't erase the meat. Like there still is meaning to your words. And I just, all the time we'll see people saying like horribly mean things or horribly insensitive things, especially online. And someone replying be like, Hey, why are you being a dick? And the person's like, Oh no, no, no. I was just being sarcastic. It's like, no, listen, we know you're being sarcastic and it was really mean. Like that's yeah. an excuse to just say whatever you want. And like, it's like, Oh, you were being funny. It's like, no, like the meaning of what you were saying was actually really mean. And <laughs> I don't know. It, it infuriates me seeing people all the time. Just like, it's like they can, or the, sometimes people just won't even say something sarcastically. They'll just say something straight up like, 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 fuck you. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was being sarcastic. It's like, yeah, what, what do you suck. mean you're being sarcastic? Like, like people who like <laughs> just say horribly insensitive or mean things. And then just like their cover is like, no, 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 you don't get it. I was being sarcastic. It's like, that's not how that works. Like, there's no way to like interpret this where you weren't being mean. And I don't know. It's just, I feel like there's just a certain group of people who their cover for being mean is just they're being sarcastic. And I, I have gotten really tired of tolerating that as like, I don't know, acceptable behavior. Cause it's really not. Yeah, I, I agree. By the way, um, the use of irony to mock or convey contempt, I will cite your sources for you. 
since you're oh, such you. a great podcaster, <laughs> is from uh, the Oxford English Dictionary. So ah. that's where you can turn for all. Thank you, Oxford English <laughs> Dictionary, for your sponsorship of the show. Um, we're so for all your word and verbal needs, turn to Oxford English <laughs> Dictionary. <clears throat> yeah, so I just wanted to clear that up. I wanted to give the proper shout out. So I did a, a quick Google search of the exact terminology that you used. Mm. I'd like to say one thing. Um, first okay. of all, I think everything you said is uh, is is spot on. I totally agree. Um, I you know everyone uses sarcasm. Sarcasm is an acceptable way to convey meaning or humor. I I'm not I'm not discounting that. I have always said for years and years and years, there is no easier or more or less impactful form of humor uh, than sarcasm, accepting like fart jokes, like <laughs> immediately after on the low, lowest rung on the ladder of humor is, is crude humor, humor just because it's crude. Immediately after that is sarcasm. It requires yeah. no skill. It requires no forethought. It requires no outside knowledge, no referential humor. It, it, there's absolutely no finesse to it. It is the easiest and the lowest form of comedy there is. Not saying it can't be effective or that it can't be funny. But if that's something that you're proud of your ability to use, you are automatically an, an unfunny person. Because if you were good at a single comedy-related thing, then sarcasm wouldn't even blip on your radar for something that you're good at in terms of being funny. J just, uh, just trying to call out as many people as possible <laughs> with this, uh, with this one, this one segment. Yeah, I'm sure they'll really appreciate it. Um. <laughs> See, that that wasn't funny. <laughs> Anyone can do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost having a lot of fun being obnoxiously sarcastic. Yeah, um, that, there's a lot of fun to that. There, there's one thing that I actually that I just thought of that I, I just want to mention really quick, which is that to me, one of the examples of like how sarcasm is a cheap attempt at humor is in lots of kids' live action shows. So the types of shows that would be on like disney channel or nickelodeon but the ones that are like m m typically more live action so like your hannah montana's your sweet lives of zach and Cody. i'm gonna make you you have to list at least seven keep going your drakes and josh's your i carly's i think we're at four yep your zoe 101's i don't know if that's a good example there's not i don't think there's a laugh track on that um your sweet life on deck. <laughs> okay, or, you just got one more. Um, <clears throat> Victorious. I didn't yes. watch that one, but that's a show. Wow, uh, there's seven. That, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I feel like the blueprint for those shows is insecure teenager says something. Other teenagers are like, oh, great job. And then like cue laugh track. <laughs> it's like. Hannah Montana's friend tries to sing and opens up and then everyone's like like oh you're such a great singer and the joke is like they actually suck at singing it's reminding kids that they should never try something new <laughs> and then 
And then the whole audience just laughs hilariously, like, yeah, you you got them, Miley. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's, I feel like maybe all of this obsession with sarcasm is to blame from from those shows. Or, like, someone's like, oh, I ac- Zach is like, oh, I accidentally spilled all these beans in the hotel lobby. And then <laughs> Cody turns over and is like, great job, idiot. And then, like, the whole laugh track audience is laughing. That is the blueprint for every joke on those shows. Can and we- it's so... <laughs> Can we, so bad. We don't have time for this, and but I want to do it. And this could be so bad that it's the longest running sequence of of time that we cut from the show. I just want to do a little thought experiment here. Can we construct a full thirty minute Sweet Life of Zach and Cody episode? Obviously, we're not gonna you know spend thirty minutes doing it. But can we come up with a full plot of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody where it, that is somehow related to either beginning with, ending with, or centered around the idea of Zach <laughs> spilling beans in Mr. Mo- Mosby's lobby. So, okay. I'll start us off. Okay, so he has... So, I'm going to say the beans incident is at the beginning... Uh, sorry, is at the middle of the episode. Okay. There is a... There is a chili competition at the Tipton mm. Hotel where people from around the nation are, are coming to... Uh, participate in a chili off and uh and wolfgang puck is there with his famous wolfgang puck wow. chili and mr mosby is trying to impress him as a, uh as a potential future uh client of the tipton series of hotels nice and zach is trying to um he Feel free to j- jump in at <laughs> any junction, Paul. He is, he is trying to uh, enter his own recipe into the uh, the chili contest because if he wins, he gets an audience with Wolfgang Puck, and he wants to propose his super his uh, super Zach snack attack hot dog bazinga meltdown recipe. It, for that is all of, all the rage at his high school to Wolfgang Puck's new cookbook. So that, okay, so okay. okay, so that's why he's running. That is all to explain the general premise of the episode and why he's running in the lobby with beans. Yes. Um. So I feel like since you mentioned the the spill happens somewhere halfway between, I I feel like I I almost feel like there must be some competition. Like maybe London Tipton decides that she wants a bean brand or <laughs> Ashley Tisdale uh, since she's like that's not her character's name but that's isn't that, <laughs> no no it is <laughs> Ashley Tisdale plays herself in the sweet life of Zach and <laughs> she, she's like seen as like since she's working at this hotel and she's always like portrayed as poor next to London I guess maybe she wants the prize money or something oh yeah and so they're all making beans and Zach wants his to be down there first and so he's like trying to race past them with his bucket of beans. Oh, that's great! And and he's in the lobby, and he, I, you know what? Okay, so does he spill on Mister Mosby, or does he spill it? And then there's a comic section where he's hiding it from Mister Mosby by shoveling it underneath the rug. <laughs> what sounds like? It sounds like there's there's only one option. There's a better option. 
So he spills okay, so- it. He spills it like Kevin in the office, and then it's just trying to like squelch his beans under the rug. Which, by the way, I like that. I like that either you or Ashley, London, and Zach all have a, a, a misunderstanding of the concept of chili because you specifically said beans alone. So they're all just cooking beans. There's no meat. It's just it's just beans. Well. Okay, so so here's what happened actually. So Zach and Cody are working together on their chili, and they had a disagreement. And Cody's probably doing some dork ass nerd shit. He's like, he's got his like uh, graduate flask and uh, graduated <laughs> cylinder. I mean, and uh, like beaker out, and he's doing like a little Bunsen burner with to heat the beans up. Yes. So they have a disagreement about whether or not beans belong in chili. Yes. And and Cody does not think that the beans belong in the chili, but Zach is obsessed with beans. He's a bean fanatic. <laughs> a bean fiend, if you will. And, and and Zach decides he wants some kidney beans in their chili. And so Cody has already got a really nice setup in the And Cody's the probably like, room. he's probably calling them by like their scientific name. He's not saying kidney beans. He's saying like whatever the scientific name for kidney beans is. Um, I tried to Google it real fast. And instead of getting Wikipedia, I got... Kidney Beans 101 by Healthline.com, so that's not helpful. But yeah, he's like calling but, it the scientific name and shit. Yeah, but yeah, but and, and he's calling it that. But he's like, but but those blah 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 beans don't belong in my pristine chili. And Zach disagrees, so Zach is running because he's gonna try to sneak the beans in the chili and just and just pour the beans straight in, mix it in. Um, Holy shit! But then, Phaseolus vulgaris. That is a sick ass name. <laughs> Phaseolus vulgaris is the kidney bean. I that doesn't even make sense to me. Um. All right, sorry. He's like he, so he's just dumping the beans in there. He's like a real bean fiend. He's a he's a bean purist. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A exactly. Yes, but uh, so so maybe he pours in the first batch of beans, but then he's going upstairs to get more beans. He's he's really fixated on these beans. <laughs> uh, he's like, I couldn't care. I had to make two trips. I couldn't carry all the beans down in one trip. So I'll be right back. Just hold the elevator. I'm gonna be right back. I gotta run upstairs to get my beans. Okay. So all right. So we've got – I feel like we got the beginning. Wolfgang Puck shows up at the hotel, and Mr. Mosey's, like, fawning all over him. And um, London is like, well, I, I want Daddy to notice me. And he's – Wolfgang Puck was his personal chef in, like, 98 or whatever. And um, then Ashley Tisdale's like, well, I need the prize money. And, of course, Zach and Cody are for some, for some reason – oh, because they want the super mega hot dog quesadilla, bull, whatever bullshit recipe I said earlier. They want that in <laughs> Wolfgang Puck's new cookbook. So they're, they're like – running around cooking beans that's the whole beginning the middle of the episode is he's he's sprinting downstairs with his second armful of just pure he's got cooked beans in his shirt he's like you know how you used to carry a bunch of toy cars from your toy box to your bedroom like by folding your shirt up like to your chest and carrying them in your shirt he's just carrying like six cans of cooked beans in his shirt his shirt like that he's sprinting down the hallway and then the crate what's the guy's name like Ar- Ar- arnold or or arlo or whatever the the mechanic the janitor who's crazy mm. with crazy inventions he has a he has a a bean stirring a pot stirring robot who go, gets on the loose because he's he's also trying to get in the bean game and he trips the robot trips zach with he's sprinting with the beans in his shirt uh. he spills beans 
all over the lobby. He's trying to like kick them under the rug. Mr. Mosby comes in. He says, what did I tell you about running and, and or beans in my lobby? It's very funny. <laughs> Cue laugh track for like 10 minutes. Okay. Now, now we're like wait, wait. getting to the end of the episode. Okay. So, so a, a couple things for one, what's, what's the, like the, the doorman's name is it like Esteban or something. That sounds right. Um, he has a really long name. Yeah. Like, if when he actually says it out, um, <coughs> man, I'm sure that there's some people in the audience mad that I can't remember his name, but let's just say Esteban. That, that is correct. Um, Esteban Ramirez, Esteban Julio Ricardo Montoya de la Rosa Ramirez. Okay. Yep. That's it. I'm impressed that I remembered that. Yeah, so, me too. Um, <laughs> so Esteban is distracting Mr. Mosby while the kids hide the beans. <laughs> He's helping them out. And then <laughs> Zach is freaking out because his and Cody's uh, chili now only has half the beans it should have. There's so many beans. They're all, <laughs> most of them are on the ground. But then London and Ashley Tisdale, their perspe- per, uh, respective uh, bean <laughs> chili recipes, they accidentally overdid the beans. Oh no! And so the kids decide, or at least Zach, in, in a moment of passion, trying to balance out the beans, he combines all three of their chilies. And now Mr. Mosby is furious because they are making a scene here. But now, what, what's the name of the chili expert? What's his name again? Uh, Wolfgang the, Puck. The, Wolfgang Puck comes over. He's a judge at this chili cook-off competition and tries the chili. And he is floored, <clears throat> and it is the best chili he's ever had in his life. <laughs> it's just the combination of their three chilies. And um, and then they they have to split the fame. And um, <clears throat> Mr. Mosby is furious, and they all look at him and say something sarcastic like, weren't expecting that now, were you? Or <laughs> and, some then the, bullshit and then the like show that. fades out. Yes, that that's the episode. Obviously, we have no time for this. That first of all, that was fantastic. That was so fun. Um, we don't have any time for this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Let's just take a dive into the Sweet Life Wikipedia, like, not Wikipedia, the Sweet Life uh, like fandom page. Okay, <laughs> we're on, we're on Zach Martin's page here. Um, I just want to read. Zach Martin has um, a list of his biographical information like Wikipedia, full name, nickname, birthplace, date of birth, age, things like that. Let's go down to the romances. He has romances under his uh, his his biographical information. I'm just going to read them to you. His romances are Maya Bennett, Maddie Fitzpatrick, Bailey Pickett, Max, Agnes, Jessica and Janice Ellis. I, I'm assuming sisters. Darlene, Vanessa, Gwen. Ella, Betsy, Amber, Abby, Violet Berg, Piper, Olivia, Marissa, Alex Russo, Hannah Montana, Big Git, Tanya, Becky, Sasha, Hillary, Jenna, Tiffany, Dorda, Erilyn, Abigail, Abyssinia, Adelaide. They're running out of names. The other Adelaide. He dated two. One of them is just called the other Adelaide, which Wait, how many people have you met named Adelaide in your entire life? I'm almost confused. Is this the people his character has dated on the show? Yes. Audrey, okay. Ava, Azalea, and then Aziz- Azizika, which is a, a really fun name. I like that a lot. My goodness. This guy, th- now, conversely, if we check out Cody's romances, let's see what we've got. <clears throat> uh, Bailey. <laughs> He's got the one. So Cody Cody isn't slaying quite as much in the hotel <laughs> as, as, uh, 
as Zach is, which is disappointing. But one final point I'd like to make about the Zach, uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody uh, Wikipedia fandom page. <laughs> if you go to Mr. Tipton, Wilfred Tipton, who is played by, by the way, I should know this guy's name because he's a fairly famous actor. He's the, he's, for some reason, this is what jumps out at me. He was the one of the he was the male announcer in Pitch Perfect, the Pitch Perfect franchise. Interesting. From this very grainy photo, I think that's him. Um, it's a bad photo, but I don't also don't know his name. Wait, hang on. Sorry. We're working on it. John Michael Higgins is his name, and yes, he was the guy uh, from that 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 movie. But he's in like a million thing. I mean, he's a really famous. For some reason, that's just the first thing I thought of. Um, and I don't have time to go through his Wikipedia. I will say that Mr. Tipton, London Tipton's dad's Wikipedia page, has a, un, unlike Zach, who has romances, has a <laughs> has the rather foreboding biographical entry called Nemesis, of which <laughs> Zach and Cody are the two. How like this guy's a CEO of a major hospitality industry, like fortune 50 company and he has two uh again we go to their pages they were uh at the start of the show 12 years old two 12 year old brothers as his quote nemeses so how's that going for like how's that going for you mr tipton where are your priorities lying incredible anyway that was that was one of our that was a record-setting diversion but it was uh i think it was extremely worth it I think so too. Do you want to do you want to give your positive rant, Paul? Sure. I will go ahead and do that. Um I this is going to sound incredibly random but stick with me. I recently gave more significant thought to what an an, an uh, aquifer is and I my mind has been <laughs> a little bit blown by that. Um okay. Someone just mentioned aquifers recently and i feel like i hadn't thought about aquifers since learning about the water cycle in like freshman year of high school or something (laughs) and it just dawned on me how cool the concept of aquifers is is that there's entire like bodies of water just underneath the surface of like underground that we're just not even aware of and like it's for some reason hard to find good pictures of aquifers like, when you just look up, like, pictures of aquifers, it's all just, like, dumb illustrations for students to learn what they are, as if those <laughs> students deserve aquifers more than us adults realizing how cool they are. <laughs> and so I typed in real pictures of aquifers uh, to try to filter out those pesky models. And there's some cool shit in here. Uh, like, there's, like, I mean, apparently there's a lot of different classifications. Like, an aquifer is distinct from a subterranean river which is uh, a river that's running underground. Not quite the same thing, but for the purpose of this, I'm basically just saying any underwater bodies of water, water, whether it be a river, an aquifer, whatever. It just blows my mind that there are these whole, like, think of a lake. Now imagine that lake having a ceiling. And that that, (laughs) above it. Paul, I don't want to rain in your parade. Is that what an aquifer is? That is not my understanding of what an aquifer is. Uh, so I, I watched a couple videos of this before. Isn't it like the water soaks underground and then 
it like th- there is it can the water keeps going under down but underground but at a certain point it reaches a hard impenetrable surface made of some kind of rock and then there are bodies of water underground and lots of um lots of states and countries around the world get that's where they draw a lot of their waters from aquifers. I, I don't know. So, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm just at, cause I always thought it was like, um, like oil. Cause oil, you, when you drill for oil, it's not, it's, it's not like a pool of oil. You get it between the, the layers of rock and the, uh, and the gravel and stuff. You got to suck it out from in between the rock. <clears throat> well, there's, there's a combination because I mean, so there definitely is to some extent, like, like there is that, with the, the oil as well but from what i am looking at with some of these pictures it seems like there exists though in some cases like just actual bodies of water yeah i'm not trying I to mean, shit some... i'm just curious i just no didn't you're know. fine sorry i, I no, came across fine. as like i was trying to prove you wrong i just didn't know no, no no you're fine and frankly if any if any uh listeners want to write in and and actually be on our parade if you have some some uh some knowledge to share with us please do uh, but in looking at these pictures and, and and watching some videos narrated by some people smarter than me from India, they seem to, to understand these and explain better than me. And like, just looking at these maps, it, like there's maps of the U.S. that show like the major aquifers. It's just wild to think that there's like all this water just trapped underground, and that's like the main source of water for a lot of people. Now, something really cool that comes from aquifers is is springs, whether that be hot springs, cold springs. Uh, springs, in a lot of cases, are the result from aquifers that get full, and then they just push water out f- like from the ground just into a pool of water above ground. And that entire concept, that when you're s- swimming in like a cold spring uh, near Austin, because there's lots of them around there, or in Iceland, you can be looking at icebergs, but sitting in a hot spring, like a hot tub, like naturally. That is just kind of mind-blowing to me. <clears throat> that's great. I love I love your energy, because that's not something that I would have ever thought about. But yeah, all right. I'm here for it. I, I wish I could be showing you these pictures, because there are some pretty cool... I mean, I think in, in some cases, it's hard to find good pictures, but there's some cases where people in some the coolest pictures basically look like caves that are filled with water that people are swimming through and that's cool as shit that's all everything i see (laughs) is just diagrams from from see those dumbass diagrams just filling up the (laughs) filling up the the google images that's why you got to look up the real pictures of (laughs) aquifers some of them are even labeled real real pictures of aquifers (laughs) uh is one of the ones i found none of those fake real photos (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> um, I, you know, I did a decent enough research about this before we even did this show. And <laughs> I still don't feel like I fully understand what the hell is going on with these aquifers. And maybe I am actually just looking at pictures of like underground rivers, which are different from aquifers. But to my understanding, aquifers, even if the entire thing isn't like a body of water, if it's between sheets, there are sections that sit above rock and like, are flowing and kind of um, like eroding at rock to create and the, the, the rocks that they're flowing between even act as a filter. And that's why a lot of the, the water can be like um, clear when it comes out of the ground. It's really fascinating. Huh? Interesting. <clears throat> that was an enlightening uh, topic. 
Gladak chair. <clears throat> Uh, well, I, I just wanted to talk today about um, I, I'm very obsessed with uh, organization and uh, being neat and clean and uh, having a place for everything and having that thing in its place. Something that brings me uh, a, a great deal of joy. I love to um, I love to clean up my apartment. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I love to to put things where they belong. It, it it's a huge stress reliever for me. You know how people say there's always a joke of like, I, I want to do homework so little that I will just find any excuse to not do it. I'll get up and I'll clean my whole apartment and stuff. Yeah. I just do that anyway. I'll do that instead of stuff that I want to do. Cause I just like doing it. Hmm. <clears throat> but, but more than that, <clears throat> or I guess deeper than that. Um, I found, so I end up, I do a, a variety of things at work often. And one of those things is part of my, one of my common tasks is making presentations and PowerPoints. Mm-hmm. And that is one of my, fa- I feel like most people hate that. Getting to have all this information, all these words and images and data I need to present and having to find a way to aesthetically arrange them in a way that is pretty and uniform and symmetrical while also being functional. Let me do that for the rest of the week. I'll, I'll do that all day. I'll make, just give me, if you don't want to give a presentation or if you don't want to make your presentation, give it to me. I'll make it for you and then you can give it. I'd love to do that. Something about that I, I just get so much enjoyment out of. <clears throat> and I know that's super boring and not interesting, but to to lead to something that's even more boring and more inter- uninteresting is that now I have this really big project that I'm working on at work, and it's keeping me super busy, um, and I, I'm staying at work late and stuff, but I'm not even – it doesn't even feel like I'm working late because um, I have to basically make this massive document. I wrote, uh, in the last week I've written, I think about 60 pages. I'm just writing away. I'm writing like a fiend, just typing away and I'm loving every second of it. Cause it's all about arranging, um, the information in a, in a convenient way an accessible way, making it an easily understood document. I could not think of a single more boring thing to talk about nor could I think of a single more uh, fulfilling way to spend my time. I, I just, all this is to say that uh, one of my favorite pastimes is, is organizing things and tidying up and putting things where they belong and, and sorting things and filtering things and making everything look symmetrical. And de- I love details. I'm a, um, when I'm showing a photo, it's a uh, no shadow, no drop shadow, one point black border on everything <laughs> scaled to uh, usually a three by four aspect ratio. And then if I want to do a sub- certain subsection out of that and zoom in on it, I'll take a piece and I'll blow it up and put that with a red three point border. I just I love I love making everything look uh, look nice and, and look like it has a place to be. And, and I obsess over it. When I come home, that's all I think about. I may have some sort of <laughs> mental disorder, um, but I love it. It's fulfilling to me, and uh, it's making my work uh, 
a lot more bearable in a time where I can't take a vacation because if I take time off, where the hell am I going to go and who the hell am I going to see and what the hell am I going to do? So I just keep working and working and working. Hmm. Um, and at least I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So yeah, stay tuned for the cleanest, most pristine, aesthetically pleasing and organized script of a sweet life of Zach and Cody episode you have ever seen. Cause that's coming <laughs> your way soon. Uh, keep your eye on the Twitter. Um, now, you know, I, I know that there's nothing that I could say that would make you believe that what I'm talking about is, is valuable or interesting, but it's uh, something I wanted to speak to because it's important to me and it makes me feel good. No, yeah, that's really interesting. I genuinely, I, 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 it's interesting to hear that that's how your mind works. I, I also, I like presenting information that way, kind of what you're talking about, but I have a harder time with physical space enjoying that. It's just not something that comes naturally to me is like organizing the physical space in a enjoyable way but hmm and all in all i mean i'm just i'm just happy because i get to do it it's like most of my day now is doing stuff like that and uh, it's been very fulfilling especially when people are like i had somebody one time tell me and they hearkening back to earlier in the episode they may have been being sarcastic i am going to assume not (laughs) Somebody uh, was working closely with me on a project one time and then they moved on to another project, but I still sit next to them. And one time they were like, Zach, um, I really miss your, uh, I actually really miss your presentations. They're just, they're so, uh, they're so well organized, which is um, the lamest and the, the nicest compliment that anyone's ever given to me. So um, feels good. It's, I think it's one of the few things in, in the workplace that I'm naturally uh, talented at, at doing so uh, it feels good to have a contribution in a unique way no matter how yeah, small and, I, and useless <laughs> I, I i can speak to that a little bit because i've seen a few of your pe- powerpoints here and there and they've they've definitely caught my eye they've been memorable so you should take pride in that like so. in what like in what way what, what what powerpoints well at some point you gave me a powerpoint uh, estimating out the cost damage of the incredible family. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that was a fun uh, you one. You had, make. you did the, the borders. You highlighted well, still images from the movie, um, that, uh, illustrated like the mom, like leaving her kid in the car at some point <laughs> and, uh, different damages done. Uh, I, I thought it was very well put together. So I hope, Hope the rest of you can see that someday because it was really enlightening and I now uh, am firmly against the Incredibles as a concept. <laughs> They're not good people. Uh, I mean, somebody <laughs> somebody call me up. You put me on FaceTime and I'll give you the whole spiel. I have a whole presentation that, according to Paul, is very pretty. I'll, I'll let you know what I think. I've got all the data. Um, yeah, that's all I had to say. Uh, that That's, that's, that's uh, something that has legitimately and sometimes we have to sacrifice quality of the show for honesty and that's what i'm doing today something that's legitimately (laughs) made me extraordinarily pleased in the last couple weeks um but that with that i mean that that's it i think that's going to conclude um that's going to be it yeah everything that we wanted to talk about I, i i'm very pleased with the episode we put together not of not all bad rather of sweet life of zach and cody I just, <laughs> I just want to see Zach just having 
acting like like a, a a man coming down from a cocaine addiction <laughs> talking about beans and how badly he needs beans that that's all i want i just want to see him literally stumble through the lobby with a t-shirt filled to the brim with just <laughs> pure beans and spilling it all over the carpet and somehow somehow they'd have to swing the wolfgang puck cameo which would be tough that would um, but if they could get the pitch perfect guy, they could get anybody. Yeah, I, I was I was also pe- taking a little peek at that uh, that uh, Wikipedia, and they they got some surprisingly big people in there. They got like Tony Hawk and oh wow, uh, someone else. I don't know. <laughs> there, <there's> people. <laughs> who who else do you that, need? It. You got pitch perfect guy <laughs> and Tony Hawk, and and in our imagination, Wolfgang Puck. Those are like the three. <laughs> those are the three points of of. Uh, all skills right between yes. acting skateboarding and cooking that somehow every other skill falls on within that triangle you know like for example um being a car mechanic is probably a lot like cooking and a little bit like skateboarding for example <laughs> or um being a a lumberjack is probably really far towards um being a cook, I would get you know sharp objects, knives, yeah. axes, <laughs> but a little bit like being an actor because it's all about you know the look is so important to how you do it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Man, I have so much of the shit I've said today is just garbage. But um, <laughs> if you like the garbage, you can like us on SoundCloud, follow us oh, yeah. on iTunes, uh, or I guess follow us. I always forget the term they use. I think follow is for Spotify. Subscribe, Subscribe. for iTunes. Um, yeah. Please leave a rating and review on iTunes too if you haven't. Um, we've gotten uh, we've gotten a handful of those, but it's been a long time since we've gotten a new one, and I would love to uh, to get a new one, and we'll read it on the show if you leave a review. Um, we're on Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Overcast, and uh, I got nothing. I, I think that was all of them. I, I, th- I, th- I think that's it. <laughs> uh, and on Twitter at not all bad show. And you can reach us uh, via email at not all bad show at gmail.com. Finally, it would mean a lot to us if you told your friends about the show um, and, and, and passed on. I thought this, you know, this is a pretty good episode. I think if you want to show them what the show's about, we didn't do a random rant, but we filled it in with some good Zach and Cody content. Uh, pass on episode 43. If you feel like it was worth a listen, that'd mean a lot. All that being said, I have nothing else to contribute. So uh, I'm either. I'm Zach Andrews. This is Paul Messman. And this has been episode 43 of Not All Bad. Dance like nobody's watching. Rant like nobody's listening. <laughs>